Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Anthony Darden, Vice President of Information Technology of Protective Industries. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I always like to start these things with uh, an icebreaker segment I call Random Access Memories. Um, I'll ask a question and you respond with the answer that comes to your head first. So the first one, first question I have for you is, if someone asked you to rename cloud to something else, what would it be? Uh, money pit. Money pit. <laughs> there's that there's the misnomer that you know cloud you know just think you don't have to support your own infrastructure a mat and you don't have to have people to to maintain it but i gotta tell you cloud is very very expensive not maybe for the general consumer if i'm posting stuff on my personal OneDrive, but running a business um man that adds up pretty quick I think I, I think there's pieces and aspects to it. I think you're right. I think if the you take the uh, a pure cloud approach where everything gets moved over there, uh, then yes, uh, you know you would uh, a money pit would. Uh, so if you take a, a pure money pit approach, right, that would be the case, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I think if you if you got a a mixture of hybrid and you're moving your critical items up to that spot to keep them se separated and stuff, maybe that's a, a different piece. But that's a good yeah. point. Well, no, but you bring up a counter good point because you're right. There, there, there is a hybrid. There's a blend. I think there is a sweet spot, especially when you think about disaster recovery and your backups and um, uptime and not being so single threaded like COVID, right? When COVID hit and everybody's forced to go remote, this was a big deal. All of a sudden, if you have 1,500 employees that you got to have connected, are you sure your infrastructure can handle all those remote connections? And the devices are going to connect with, and are they secured? And this list goes on and on and on and on, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but no, you. I mean, you're you're right. There, there's a sweet spot blend for sure. Oh well, we're definitely going to touch on that later, 100. percent So let's go on to your second one. If you could hire a celebrity into your IT department, who would it be? Uh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. That's just. Just because he's a billionaire, he has a lot more money than God, has his own NBA team. He was in IT. Uh, so there's some secret formula there that I want him to, 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 to share with me. Well, wow, if you could hire him into your IT department, I, that would be a fantastic idea, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what is the craziest IT solution that actually worked? Hmm. Great question. The craziest IT solution that actually worked. Well, I I don't know why I keep Uber keeps coming in my head, um, but I'll probably go with DoorDash. I I mean I don't know. I in both cases, I you look at how successful successful they are today. You don't call them crazy. In fact, I would call them genius. Um, but, but at but the time, right? At I mean, the time, the yeah. Time. So wait a minute. So the stranger is just going to come up and, and, and I'm going to get in the car and he's going to take me to my destination and, and no problem. Right. And then and DoorDash. Wait, you're telling me that I'm going to pay 20% on top, on top of the on top that the restaurant's charging too, right? Because everybody has to make their money. Just because I can't get in the car and go 10 minutes down the road. You know, it seemed like a, a niche convenience that wasn't going to blow up into this big model. But man, it worked. Well, so, I, you know, I'll tell you, when COVID hit, um, I was one of the, uh, um, you know, I guess very few people that got laid off, right? Not really, right? A ton of people <laughs> right. got laid That's off right. during that time. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I went ahead and I was looking, uh, you know, looking for work. And, in fact, you know, at that time, nobody was hiring because they had no idea what was going to happen. Right. And so the only thing I could do was was deliver uh, um, using and I think I, I was delivering using Uber Eats at the time. Um, okay. And uh, what an interesting experience, by the way. Uh, to do that and to actually see how they do that. And I I was more interested as it was happening, it became to me like a how do how does this work? And like can I look at the algorithm if I figure out the algorithm and try to beat it? And I would end up actually oh, yeah. parking outside Starbucks and just waiting. 
And I would pop up and be the first one there, click it, go it. And then I would drive back to a Starbucks and wait and, and try and do it. And I ended up getting, being able to identify when the busy periods were and, and, and set it up. This is what happens when you get an IT guy to work doing a, a, you know, Uber Eats and see if they can beat the system. So I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Here's what I didn't appreciate. Here's what I did not appreciate even more is when I had this, when I was in Chicago, I took my stepson there. He wanted to see a Bulls game. It was his 21st birthday, his big event, brought the wife. You know, Uber, very convenient. I love it, right? Because then versus now perception. And and to get to the game, yeah, you expect to pay a little bit of premium. Um, Okay, fair. To get home, it was like 5X. I'm like, ugh, (laughs) you know, so there's, Kind of like uh, you're pot committed when you're there to get home. and Yeah, but what are you going to do? Uh, call uh, a taxi? Right. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Good. Uh, um, all good answers to this. And and I think you kind of set up a, uh, some good uh, uh, good pieces going forward here. Um, you know, I looked at, uh, I briefly looked at your, um, uh, uh, you know, your profile on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. Briefly. I didn't. You're, you're the one. You. I didn't stalk you. I briefly did. Um, no. And so I was like, "Hey, let, you know, what things have you done? What, where have you been? And you, you have a vast uh, um, uh, experience here. I mean, uh, working in manufacturing, food service, uh, international companies. Um, you know, you, and you've done so many different pieces of this. I looked at your specialties. We talk about cyber and information security. Yeah. Yeah. ERP, CRM. Uh, uh, talent development. Uh, uh, there's so much to touch on here. So um, I feel like uh, um, this is going to be a really good episode <laughs> for folks to, to dial in on. I would love to start and jump back to something we talked about, uh, which was the uh, um, the money pit slash cloud approach, right? Right. Sure. Because it's such a good point. I mean, cloud is expensive. It is. I mean, there's no doubt about it, especially if you're going to take everything and pop it in there. Um, you're going to pay a lot for storage. You're going to pay a lot for uh, redundancy. You're going to pay a lot for this type of stuff. Um, there are a lot of advantages and there are a lot of disadvantages. And uh, in the approach, uh, the way I look at it, and I would love to just open this up to let you kind of chat about it too, is that um, when you're scoping any type of change to your environment, you need to first understand your your environment, understand where your information is, understand where that stuff is, and then... <laughs> to, uh, um, you know, look to uh, figure out where that stuff should reside, uh, where it's going to be secure, scalable, where it's going to uh, uh, end up being uh, the best cost for your company uh, in the long run. Uh, right. What approach uh, would you, um, you know, would you suggest here? And, and let's kind of just talk about it and uh, about the money pit. Let's talk about the money pit. Yeah, it's, and, and, and that money pit still, still, building um in our organization because i feel like because i don't i mean i mean we're a complex organization we're we're in a lot of different countries a lot of different business units some that are part of of uh like some of these business units are combined and run as one some are truly independent so when you talk about cloud is it one cloud environment is a multiple um some of them have legacy um ERP systems or other solutions reporting. I mean, I can just picture the the list of applications that they rely on to run their business. Not everything is a fit for that cloud environment, or you know you're going to um, sunset it at some point in the future. So, getting an accurate inventory of everything that you're running is certainly part of it, and understanding the life cycle of this product. Are we going to sunset it? Are we going to move to the next version? Because what I will say about cloud, there's some gimmies, like the low-hanging fruit, Office 365. There's no other option. I mean, you could. there's a Google counterpart to that uh, environment, but but really it's kind of a monopoly. When, know, it comes when, it comes to, when it comes to collaboration yeah. uh, tools, uh, you know, and email and, and Office apps, uh, you know, it, it is a, uh, you're not hosting email servers anymore. Nobody's no. doing that. You know, no one, uh, I, no one wants to do that. That's, that's, that's such a headache. But there's a, there's a good DR, there's a good BCDR advantage to that, right? Is for sure. That in a cloud, 
and having it not necessarily be in the same cloud that your your uh, other stuff is in, if that's the case, yeah. it, you know, does help sometimes, even including if you've hit a disaster or or an event that's caused you to move into a business continuity. Correct. Uh, uh, and, and that's why. So like, there's two. So you just brought up a, an, another good point here. There, there's different clouds. So when I'm speaking in terms of cloud, I'm I'm looking at it from a lens of I'm in an Azure hosted environment, not leasing space in Azure yep. to cloud my stuff. Like so, I, so like Office 365 is a great example. I'm using I'm using Microsoft services, Microsoft's ecosystem. I'm not taking an on-prem, you know, exchange server and just hosting out there and saying Correct. Yep. Yeah. And you're right, disaster recovery, all good part, all good points. The fact that hybrid remote work, which I think is here to stay, is another great reason. I don't, you know, you know, we don't need everybody VPNing into an environment. Uh, in our case, Buffalo, New York. So for a global company, I don't want someone in Australia VPNing into our servers on-prem in Buffalo to get access to something. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Listen, I used to live in Syracuse, New York. Even if I live there, uh, I don't want to go to Buffalo. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. But especially in the winters. And, uh, exactly. <laughs> I did my time. I'm in Florida now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've been in purgatory long enough, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so but a bit again, the itemization of of what you want to go to the cloud is so critical because you have to be very focused and you gotta be a surgeon as to to licensing. Because here's what they won't do, these providers. If if someone's not using their particular license or they're not going to call you and say, Hey, I noticed you haven't used it in two months. We're going to credit you for two months where, you know, that never happens. So you have to be really on top of, of, of what you're leasing and what you're subscribing to. And in the case of, you know, Microsoft Azure, just the world I live in, there's different tiers in that, in that environment that might be, you know, $5 $5 a month, it might be $100 a month. So it gets really complex really quick. So spend as much time as you can up front because you'll, you'll, it'll pay dividends when you actually start implementing. It's, it's a great, a great uh, point. And, and also you, something you said kind of sparked my, um, my brain to kind of think of something else too, that I really haven't talked with on, on this podcast before, but when it comes to cloud, right, everyone just says cloud. And as you pointed out, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, we have different levels of cloud and we have different things with a cloud. Like you mentioned, if you're using uh, Microsoft, right, uh, uh, 365, that's their ec- ecosystem. You've got, uh, you're using their applications and their environment up in their cloud, uh, but you're not hosting a server there and running your email through it that's going to go down. You're you're right. you're relying on their services. Uh, if you're right. using a SaaS application, right, you're technically yeah. using the cloud. Your data is stored in the cloud, but it's stored uh, um, not in a server that you own on a in Azure. Well, the United States you own that you're renting off of Azure or off of uh, AWS. You're you're using their tool up up in their uh, cloud and 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 subject to their security uh, um, their security as well. So their security, their rules, their update cadence. Is that exactly. if you're a twenty four seven shop, you got to make sure that that your cloud provider um, has a maintenance window with some flexibility. You know, if you're relying on that to run your business, run your operation, run your shop floor, mm-hmm. an update in the peak time of your region. You know that. You know you got to you got to be asking those types of questions because you don't control that. There's flexibility within it. Um, again, I'll go back to Microsoft. Like when when the the we're a business central SaaS environment, and twice a year there's a major update. Whether you want it or not, it's coming. I like the phrase when you go to cloud, it's the last upgrade you'll ever do. Yeah. That's true, but it's more like now it's an oil change, not an engine change. Because yeah, correct. There there is periodic updates you have to abide by. And they do give you some flexibility as to when it unleashes itself. Um, so I, I, I tip the hat to them on on that. But but that's another thing you got to be, you know, aware of. Well, it's a, it's a great point. Um, I, there are 
so when when we talk about cloud, you know, and there are various money pits, <laughs> there are various yeah. uh, different yeah. uh, levels and 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 pieces that uh, folks can uh, adhere to. I think, you know, I'll ask you this question: um, when we start talking about migrate, and this is kind of a loaded question, so it's just going to go. Feel free to go anywhere with it, right? But when we start, if I have, let's say, I'm running everything on premise. Right. And I want to start migrating stuff uh, up to the cloud because I've been talking with people uh, and I'm going to focus this question, by the way, to to specifically to business leaders. Right. So that's your audience at the moment, specifically for this question. If I'm a business leader, every I know that all my stuff is on on prem. Um, I've uh, uh, historically hired maybe one person to manage all my stuff. Right. Uh, uh, And I want it. But I'm like, hey, listen, I want to get this migrated off. And I have the, the feeling in my head. That if I migrate this stuff up to the cloud, right, right, and I'm just saying the cloud. I'm not even saying what type of cloud. Um, sure. That uh, I can I can offset that cost with uh, um, dropping internal IT off. Uh, is that going to work? And what's the what's the fault in in the thought process there? Yeah, it's a, you're, I mean you're shifting costs as I I look at it. I look at it as right left pocket right pocket. Um. Because you're going to want to now. Maybe you're already doing this, and then then it starts to dilute what I'm saying. But you know, whether I have this large data center investment, you're going to depreciate that over three to five years, depending on you know the accounting principles that you're following for this type of investment. Um, but you're also going to want to make sure you have high redundancy. In your connection to that, to that cloud, if you just have one fiber connection in and out of your facility, that goes down. What are you going to do? Send everybody home? You can't produce. Your machines aren't going to produce on the floor without a connection. I mean, some. I mean, generally speaking, here, right? Right. Um, so you're going to want to have a redundant carrier connection if you can. Uh, so if you have Verizon, you want to. Try and get Comcast or pick, pick your yeah, AT and T. Yeah, poison. <laughs> you know, so that's added cost, right? Um, just because you're hosting some your your infrastructure out there doesn't mean that you're not still going to have an administration function to it. And if you have teams of data center people, I mean, again, this I'm just generally speaking here. Um, I don't I don't see cost offsets at all. Uh, I, I feel like it's just again left pocket, right pocket. So good good point. And and this is kind of why the reasons why in to business leaders here, um I think the suggestion it, you know really is uh, great from Anthony up front, which is you know, look and spend the time up front to identify all the costs and identify where things should be, and then and then you can, you know, uh, um, plan your your cloud migration. Uh, measure twice, cut once, kind of uh, thought process. Uh, I think that what the biggest piece is is you got to kind of identify critical items. Why are you moving to the cloud? I mean, there's there's good reasons to move. Uh, oh no, no question. Yeah, oh, no question. Yeah. And, I, and I would, yeah, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, and, and I was mentioning earlier, you know, vendors are making the decision for you. Yeah, you're not correct. Sometimes it's like, yeah, you're going to the cloud whether you want to or not. So let's start planning. You know? Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. That I think um, uh, we all know kind of the, you know, the uh, um, uh, uh, we have so much from an on-premise standpoint that we can do. And uh, I think yeah. that uh, I, I think a lot of this was driven post pandemic uh, coming out of it because people realized, yeah. oh, you know, accelerated it. Yeah, there, there could be a, a spot where uh, we won't have people on site to be able to handle these uh, uh, handle these uh, computers. Um, and, and we do need to find a way to make it more accessible to the people that are remote and also how to make sure our infrastructure uh, survives, uh, um, you know, uh, um, some type of a disaster. Um, sure. You mentioned here, uh, um, you know, in your specialties uh, that you are um, it's affects it's the top one cyber and information security. Uh, in cyber and information security is uh, uh, it covers such a wide range right now, right? It Ugh. is. You, you by the way, you can't be in IT without 
having uh, some exposure to cyber and information security. It's just everywhere now, right? That is a mathematical certainty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, even that, even saying that, I know that um, from, you know, different uh, uh, companies I've gone in and consulted with and, 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 and companies that I've gone in and, uh, um, you know, for due diligence and all this type of stuff. I have seen so many different approaches to security and so many different ways. Oh yeah. Security, even though there are established models and, and items out there, um, yep. you know, That's right. they're all dependent on the business too. Right. And whether or not that the business feels that they want to accept, uh, um, accept that risk uh, because they have some type of business process, but uh, that's a, that, that, that phrase right there says it all. What, <laughs> What level of risk are you willing to accept? Because there, there's not, there, there's no such thing as a hundred percent secure. In fact, the way I look at it, as someone's in our environment or has been in our environment, what did they see? You know, I, I think because you always want to have your guard mm-hmm. up. The moment you're relaxed is is uh, the moment that someone else needs to to take watch. You know, I mean, there's there's no question anymore that. Uh, um, it used to be that IT folks, inter- especially internal IT folks, would be trying to tell uh, CEOs and and uh, um, and business leaders that, hey, uh, this is a real threat. We need money for security. Uh, but that's not a question anymore, really. I mean, if and business leaders, yeah. if you're questioning this, I can just point you to GoDaddy. What's the most, was another recent one, right? I mean, like I, I, GoDaddy's, I think the most recent one that it didn't even know for two two years that they've been. It it, it, it sells itself, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I mean, Pre-marketing. These, these don't yeah. even know that they're being hacked, right? Um, yeah, it, that's, that's scary. Yeah, and, and so not, you know, not having the security enabled and especially when you see these startup companies um, and I see this all the time, like startup companies, they have, uh, um, you know, they're putting an app out, you know, and uh, and I always wonder, I mean, how quickly did you did you start with security designed into your program or is that an afterthought after everyone starts signing up for it? Well, well, we know what the marketing team will say, right? I mean, <laughs> and, and and I don't and I'm also weary of and that's I mean, you bring up a great point, but I'm also weary of of. Um, Solution providers that say we we have it all. You know, we we have the SOC, the EDR, the AV, the you know. Mm, that, that's that's kind of all eggs in one basket mentality, because cyber companies get hacked themselves. And mm-hmm. plus, I just you know, because I, I I bring it up because I, I had a colleague of mine who said, "Geez, why do we have so many different solutions? Don't you know that this body over here can give you, you know." reduce that list by five because they do it all. You know, so it just makes me think because you mentioned, you know, CEOs and 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 CFOs and and their appetite for this type of investment. You know, this, you know, I, I guess I'd just be mindful of kind of spreading your spreading your solutions across different providers. Um just just a consideration. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great point. And and it's and it's a tough one. It's a tough thing because we all know uh, that you know from in the corporate land that we 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 try as best we can to uh, reduce cost, right? Uh, without sacrificing, sure. uh, um, you know, uh, so much, right? But yeah, no, it's, it's all part of it. Reduce, right. Everyone's trying to reduce costs, especially with with the economy and and things are going. You're going to find that people are reducing staff, that people yeah. are putting programs that maybe we don't need, all that type of stuff. Um, uh, but uh, the, I always wonder, and especially now in this case, do if if people are looking to cut and they turn around and they cut security uh, pieces, I always feel like that's just a recipe for disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> if anyone yeah. what you just did, which is the yeah. uh, right. I, I mean, mean I, I mean, think of it. it how long, you know? Because <clears throat> yeah, we could have. 10 episodes on this, but, but let's say, let's say you get, let's say you're the next headline and you have all, so we're not collecting less data each year as companies, right? We're collecting more. 
So, and that, and, and volumes of data take time to back up and air gap. And now let's say you're down, now you got to restore it all. So there's an art and a science to this because you don't have to continuously back up historical data. It's already happened, right? So you have the daily backup cadence and efficiency. Now the disaster hit and we got to pull all this back. Um, you know, th- th- so back to the point of, you know, it comes down to risk, how much risk, what's your risk appetite? And, you know, you certainly don't ever want to cut when it comes to security. And, and I say that because if your recovery time is, is days, sometimes it's weeks because forensics doesn't happen overnight. You have to ask yourself, what percentage of, of customers am I willing to lose? What's that revenue hit every day? All of a sudden, I'm not questioning what this type of protection costs. But I do feel like there's a percentage range that you should be having with your executive team. Because I feel like there is a floor here. Do I want to be, you know, 80% protected, 90% protected? And then you have to understand each percentage point gets increasingly more expensive. I'm oversimplifying this, but you get the you get the sense. Correct. There's a curve. There's a curve. Oh, yeah. and, well, it's a hockey and stick. You, you, yeah, right. And you said something that was pretty, uh, uh, pretty spot on. And we were talking about the uh, security pieces um, when you were, when you're talking about security, you had mentioned, Hey, listen, uh, there's a way, there's an art, there's a science to doing this that will allow you to basically uh, implement security in a, in a way that also fits the business and, and the budget. And, and you're hundred percent cor- correct on this. And this is, yeah. this is where making sure that you have the right, IT staff in place is so crucial uh, um, uh, because you you can have IT staff that keeps the lights on, right? That just right. does the bare minimum. Yeah, all our stuff stays on. We don't have outages. We're great. But then you can have IT staff, and I, I kind of, I, you know, I have a quote on this basically, which is you can have IT staff that uh, will, you know, make sure maybe the lights don't need to be on all the time. Right. And and we can adjust that and make it so you can save some money as well. And I always thought that when I get into organizations, I always uh, get with the the CFO <laughs> almost immediately. Where are we spending our money? Right. It, yeah. Hey, that's how to uh, determine right how to how, where the shadow IT is. Right. So because people have to pay for it. So they're paying for it some way. Uh, they go to the CFO. They have all the money. They know where it's at. Grab that stuff right. and go, why are we paying for this? Why are we paying for this? Why are we paying for this? And then, um, and as you get that stuff, but it working with the CFO, you can understand and, and identify where, what is critical? What is the items in which we actually need to make sure that we, we have? And, and, and something else you said too, which was really good, which was, uh, um, you know, imagine they're already in our system and looking at things, right? Yeah. What have they seen? Right. And that's another yeah. great. Right. Because that just exactly shows you why identifying critical data is so important to this security. It's so yeah. important to this uh, piece, but it's also important financially because you don't have to protect everything. You know, if there's a, a piece of, if there's a, if someone created a Excel spreadsheet for what they wanted for lunch uh, in the office, we don't. Super important. Somebody steals Super that, important. Right? <laughs> So that great points. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's where data classification comes in. Now, you know, see if you're familiar with NIST, you know, mm-hmm. that's a pretty aggressive standard and, you know, requires certifications and audits and, and just a high degree of, of uh, I'm going to call it scrutiny, but data classification is a key component, but it kind of resonates with me when you talk about, you know, what's, what's, yeah. what's low medium, high, critical. I mean, these are all things that you have to have your arms around and, and, and how you go about protecting them and storing them is, is part of the conversation. I think that, I think those are, those are really relevant uh, ideas around uh, security, r- around um, uh, um, infrastructure setup and, and uh, getting a hold of all of that stuff and wrangling it up is such a, an understanding where your data is at is, yeah. I think, the first step to security. I think that that's, I, I, that's a great concept he brought up. I think that that's exactly right. Um, 
This is interesting. It's uh, global talent development. I saw this on your um, uh, uh, on here, and I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, explain to me global talent development. Well, it starts with the with the premise that I'm I'm not in the IT business per se. I'm in the people business of those that happen to do IT, and because you can't, there, there's just some soft skills in your in the in IT teams that you just can't, you're not going to train it. They have it or they don't. There's not a an academic course or you know seminar that they can go to and then ah you know they have they have empathy and they have personality and they can read the room you know because I could take one conversation and have five different people in the room and it'll be approached five different ways same same result same same goal just different approach and 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 that's kind of where I go with global talent management, because it's assessing employees in the region that they're supporting, the types of systems they're supporting, the people they're supporting. Because, I mean, we're very much in the people business now. Mm-hmm. IT just isn't, you know, dark rooms with low lights and, you know, playing, playing no. Uh, no, let Call me of stop. Duty on your breaks. Wait, let me stop you for a second. That being said, both of us have dark rooms with low lights uh, <laughs> right now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's laugh about that for a moment. Fair point, sir. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, but when you're, you know, I, I look at it, you know, my big thing is having IT being a partner to the business. I'm all about that. I overuse the phrase in, in, in my in my day-to-day because I just don't want IT or my team to be looked at as a support function. Of course, that's an element of it. Mm-hmm. Never going away. Keyboards yep. break. Cables need run. I get it. But you want to be around the table. You want to be in the room when there's a strategy being discussed, when there's an initiative being planned. Because let's face it, every single corner of an organization has an IT element. Every one. And, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we are entrenched in the business. We're not just keeping the lights on. But, that's I, but back to your point on global talent management is finding the right people that, mm-hmm. that fit everything I was just regurgitating to you here. Uh, and that, that's, that's not an easy task. No, it's not an easy task. You can always teach tech, uh, but teaching yeah. uh, the soft skills, like you mentioned, empathy, being able to read a room, that type of thing, that's very difficult to find. Uh, it, is. It's, it, it, it is few and far between. Except um, us, of course. They, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, but you said a great, you get a great, a great item when we're uh, talking about this and 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 uh, uh, talking about our, you know, uh, IT not being in the, you know, dark room, so to speak. Uh, uh, you know, because the the great part about that, and I always kind of run that back through and and tell people what what IT stands for. I mean, we acronymed it because we love acronyms uh, and we'll acronym right. everything. That's a, that's IT for you. Will you want something? We're going to give a, give you an acronym for it. Uh, IT and finance. That's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, but, so let's take IT for a minute. That's information technology. Right. And mm-hmm. I always kind of tell people, uh, you know, the information part always takes a sidestep to technology for some reason. People always think technology, but uh, honestly, if technology didn't exist, we would just be the people explaining to people how to best move information around uh, the most, uh, the 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 way that's most uh, um, efficient. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's an interesting thought. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, you yeah. know, and it occurred to me when when I you know uh, uh, COVID hit and I, I you know I wasn't in technology anymore and I reassessed kind of what I was doing. Right? I said, wait, yeah. I said, wait a second, I, if. If it turns out that, you know, uh, we move into, uh, you know, uh, um, a realm where society breaks down, what is my role? Like, what do I do without technology? And and you know what it is? I know processes. I know how to best uh, um, make uh, processes efficient in the company and and stuff like that. And that's an interesting thought. It it is. And and that's you're right, because, you know, I just know if I click this button. Something's going to come out the other end and, and life is great until I can't click that button. Now, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I see where I see your point. Yeah. yeah. The support element is actually a P is actually spawns from the technology side. 
Um, but uh, um, so that's when technology breaks. We have to we have to fix it so that the information will keep moving. Um, yeah. The information uh, uh, piece is an interesting one because it's it, you know if you look at it, you have you know you see CTOs, you see CIOs, and people always ask what's the difference between a CIO and a CTO because you've got information, you've got technology, and we call it IT all the time. So yeah. what is the difference between a CTO and a CIO? And, you know, I would beg the difference to say, well, a CTO is the expert around what technology you're using. And the CIO is the expert around the um, uh, processes and in, 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 that you use to move information around in the company. And you put those two together and you have IT. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and it's, you know, I, so I, I hear what you're saying and, 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 and I, I do believe it. I, when you were starting to go down the titles, I go, I can't help but think of, you know, senior software engineer, chief scientist. I feel like we get really creative with our titles. We do. Um, and, and there's a lot of overbleed and, and, uh, but no, but you're, but, but yeah, I, that point resonates with me. Well, I also feel like uh, titles in this day and age don't adequately uh, explain what we do anyway. Um, yeah, you know? yeah, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it is. It is gets kind of tough. It's more about. In fact, you know, I'll see titles all the time, uh, in especially if I'm interviewing someone, and I and I have to ask them like, what what does that do? What do you do? You yeah. know, what do you, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. I understand your title. But I've had titles yeah. before and they've been all sorts of weird, right? I just need to right. know what is your responsibilities? What is your plan? What do you do for the organization? Like, show me right. that and, and then I can, and then I can identify it. Because being CEO of a two-man army is a little different than a, you know. Correct. $500 million organization. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so all good, all good pieces up here. Um, uh, Anthony, I feel like we could, we could keep talking for quite a while here, but I did <laughs> want, I did want to, um, uh, uh, touch on, um, uh, touch on something that I thought was, uh, um, pretty interesting. Um, and, and you, you have, I mean, already on here, I've kind of talked about global talent development, you've talked about uh, uh, information security and, and disaster recovery and, cl and cloud, uh, aka money pit. <laughs> um, so much on here. Um, uh, there's so much to cover. There's so much uh, that um, that's happening. But let's take a minute just to figure out what you do at Protective Industries Incorporated. So what I do, well, um, at a very, very high level, I'm responsible for the technology we use, the processes around it, um, and that includes, but not limited to, ERP, CRM, MES. Those are the big three that run our organization, probably a lot, in probably many organizations, you know. Um, the people that are on the team that support it. What we will develop internally versus adding another subscription and more costs to the company. Um, now you can argue well, you you have bodies that you're paying benefits to, et cetera. And that, again, that's topic number eleven. Keep adding <laughs> on here, um, but that's the general responsibility. But it's also part of. I'm also part of the strategy team for the organization. So when we're coming up with strategic goals and initiatives on any given year. Uh, I participate in that process because, again, and I'm fortunate, my, my organization looks at IT as a critical piece, to, you know, for that, that we're part of the engine. You know, we're part of that, the CEO's lifeboat to keep this thing going. That's, so it's, it, that it's is, rather broad. Fortunate that that's the yeah. case. And yet you yeah. don't have to. You're right. Because, yeah, because that's, that's not, you know, that's where I, that's where I hope all IT goes, mm -hmm. you know. But there's a lot of people still entrenched. Like I always know. So I report to the CFO um, and I tell my boss, this is kind of archaic. I said, I'm, I'm fortunate that you are IT minded and you look at it as a, you, you know, as, as, as its own function. I get a lot of runway, but there's another word for fortunate. It's called lucky because 
what if the next CFO is more, you know, entrenched and just, you know, cost cutting and just doesn't know IT or worse, he or she thinks they know IT, you know, that's, that's a, that's, that's a trap. Yeah. That's um, a tough one. Yeah. But anyway, it's. It, well, it, it's that's such a good point because I guarantee you some of the listeners in this uh, um, of this podcast, uh, they're going to be uh, thinking, man, I wish I was working at the place Anthony was at, right? Because he has support and he, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, fortunate. It's tough. Lucky. <laughs> and, and, and uh, but, but I mean, that being said, I, 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 I guarantee you uh, what I'm about to say, you'll probably go yes to. I know uh, based on talking to you that you've worked at places that didn't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and yeah. And, and, and it's funny how once you finally find yourself in a role where you can be a change agent and part of the team and, you know, and, and you have a seat at the table, you think back, what the hell took me so long? You know, <laughs> it, it's, uh, but yeah, no, and, and it was frustrating, but, but, but I just looked at it as, uh, as a learning opportunity. So here's how yes. I think a department shouldn't be run. Here's what I won't do with a team, you know, that I'll run someday. Of course, I run one now, right? But but those are kind of the lessons that you got to get out of that, right? Yep. That's a great, that's a great takeaway. And I, I would, uh, um, I'd encourage everybody that's in this situation to take advantage of that. Uh, um, you might not like the situation you're in, but keep in mind, as Anthony said, that could change at any moment, especially if you're already in the situation that Anthony's in, that could flip as well. So um, that's right. Yeah, I could, yeah, so, I could, I could, yeah, that's right. I can go back. You, you just don't know. So make the best of what you can learn from what you can. And you'll, you'll, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. I listen, experience is something that, um, uh, you, you know, we never like it when we're in the process of it, but afterwards yeah. it's, it's so crucial to your growth as a professional and your ability to, um, uh, uh continue on in the future uh, that, I'm a big fan of experience and, and the way it works. Um, just like when you were a kid, right? Your parents were nuts. They don't know what the hell's going on. You know? And then, then you're, you become a parent, you get an adult, and you go, oh, Einstein's, all of them. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's impressive uh, uh, to kind of see that, that change that happens. And it happens so slowly, but yet yeah. you look back on it and you're like, wow, how did I ever think the otherwise, right? Right. Um, I want to um, move into our, our, our uh, last segment, which is the um, uh, IT Crystal Ball, um, mm-hmm. which IT Crystal Ball I created because uh, I had so many great minds on here chatting and talking. And I wanted to kind of uh, pick the brains uh, of all these folks and figure out where IT is going, right? Um, it's so funny because I've had this over and over again, and I get... Uh, very recurring themes here. You know, I get uh, um, AI is 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 the one that always pops up, and they're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, AI and security is one that just it's just always a big deal. Um, yeah. And you always have the different things. And then it was so funny because I was talking, uh, um, I was talking to some students uh, um, uh, at a university, and and they were asking me about upcoming trends and stuff with. Uh, and stuff like that. And, and I just I found myself referencing uh, quantum mechanics and explaining what that means to the future of security. And then I, and I just sat back for a minute and went, where are we going? Like when I'm talking about artificial yeah. intelligence and quantum mechanics actually at a, uh, um, you know, in a, in a normal level, <laughs> you know, that, that this has changed. So I t- I'm interested uh, in what y- your thought, and you could take this anywhere you want, IT crystal ball, future of IT. Where do you think we're going to be? Of uh, uh, you know, let's say let's just pick five years from now. Like, what are, what are some of the items that you think these challenges that we're going to face uh, due to new technology or or, or or changing dynamics? It's a hard question to ask, but it's also fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be all over the map here. So, <laughs> um, we're going to have more intelligent NPCs in video games. Right? That's, uh, <laughs> they got to figure that one out. No, um, they'll the, never figure uh, that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, the the abandonment of your operating system as a product, you know, mm-hmm. it's just going to be, it's just going to be 
Windows Online or Mac OS Online. It's not an install with an SKU. It'll be just like your browser. Yeah, it's like just feel common like. place. Yep. Um, 3D printing is just going to reach the next level. Like we're already 3D printing metal inserts for our tools on the production floor and are wow. actually running really, really well. You know? Wow. You know, so you're tradi- I mean, you're always going to have traditional cut steel in some form and fashion, but but that in that that technology is rapidly um, improving. I hope in five years they've conquered the challenge that we're seeing now with um, uh, what's a chat chat RPT. Am I saying oh, chat, right? chat GPT? Right? Yeah. The, yeah. Sorry, I butchered that. But I, there's but, listen, too many acronyms. I, I I butcher them all the time. Yeah. So, but 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 your kids. <clears throat> no longer have to learn, you know. It's like you know, cursive writing is 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 going away. Um, but uh, but but to be able to just sit there and type out, I need an essay on blah 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 World War Two, and it just spits it out for you, and it's it's readable, and it's it's structured, and it flows. Huh. You know, what are we going to do about that? It's a, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I hope I hope that Crystal Ball gets us um, the the some some kind of grip on disinformation under the guise of free speech. I, I think social media is just destroying as we have podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I just I don't know, and and I have this conversation with my kids. Like they're always you know the hands are always buried in the phone. You know, and the joke is, wow, those are our future leaders. And what's that say? And where's this world going? It's like, all right, calm down. We don't have to be apocalyptic here. But um, <laughs> I think every generation uh, thinks that yeah. about the previous generation. Yeah, I was just going to say that, right? Okay. Um, I think the uh, I think cloud computing is, I mean, I feel like companies, if you're not 100% cloud, you're going to keep getting closer to it. It's here to stay. I mean, the it's too profitable. It's just too easy. It's, you know, it's like I said, vendors are making that decision for us. Yeah. Um, cars, I hope, you know, as much as I like being in a car that's more tech, you know, so technologically advanced, I feel like, you know, that trend's going to keep going. I, but the comment I was trying to focus on is I, I hate it because the part I hate about it is, now it's just one giant computer. And yeah. what if something goes haywire? You know, now what? I can't see my oil gauge. I can't see how fast I'm going. I mean, yep. physical mechanics of floats and all that stuff I like because it, it didn't require a computer chip. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. So, now we're, we're getting to a point where, you know, it, it, something's wrong with my car. I got to take it to them because it's uh, IT at this point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think you know the traditional laptop and computer it become will become a niche, not so much as a mainstream. So I feel like mobile computing and iPads and phones, and I feel like that's just becoming even more and more. I I, I know, like in my organization, like we're equipping iPads left and right, and 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 increasing productivity. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's going to keep growing too. Um, I hope, uh, like, I, I don't think five years from now, the self-driving car will be any more advanced. I feel like there's just too many anomalies that cause a death <laughs> that we're not going to, uh, we're not ready to quite perfect that yet. I'm with you on that. I actually think that that's, um, that's another one of those where we talk about hybrid, right? <laughs> we're going to have yeah, hybrid yeah. cars, right? Where they do part of it for you, but you still got to pay attention to it. Right. And, and this whole push for electric, all electric, I mean, there's only so much lithium in the world. I feel like, I feel like this electric car boom is kind of a practice run for something else. What is yeah. that? I don't know. But that's a technology thing, right? That's a, that's a crystal ball I really wish I had an accurate one on. <laughs> right, right. Because um, you'd be able to predict how that would go. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some there's some interesting items in your predictions here, and I think there's a lot of validity to uh, uh, to a lot of them. I think I, I think you're right. I mean, we talk about, uh, um, and I think the biggest one that is the one that we're seeing right now is the is that chat 
uh, is that AI chat, right? Um, uh, you know, wh- whether, it, you know, who knows? I forget, I always forget, like you said, this chat GPT uh, is, is the big one. And then, uh, but there's another competing one that I can't remember. I think it starts with a B uh, with Google's. Um, and, uh, and, and these items, they're not perfected yet. In fact, they're no. uh, threatening their own users and, <laughs> and they're, they're not there, yeah. but they're also extremely useful with certain, when used the right way. And that when you use the right bad, way, right? To, <laughs> you still require humans to be able to go, all right, how does this work? And how does this, how do you use it effectively? Um, and right. and how like, do you not, how, how do you not, how do you not dumb the population either? Yeah. Like yeah. it's useful. Sure. But, but now I'm even, I mean, I see that with myself with GPS in a car, like yeah. it's a crutch. I get a rental car without <laughs> GPS. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm on my phone with the GPS. I mean, it, it kind of, dumbs you down in a way you know? we, so i don't we, know what the balance is we used to use maps uh, i'm old enough to remember when i used yeah. to get in the car and yeah. drive and get a map out and go like this and turn around yeah, yeah. right. which way am i going so yeah. yeah i wasn't any better at driving then i'm not that better driving now so hopefully uh we do get better uh self-driving cars so yeah. i can uh so i can get some assistance yeah <laughs> and, and, and i'm not a skynet guy right like like the the apocalyptic view of AI is going to run the world and overtake. I mean, I'm 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 definitely not that guy, but but that but that chat tool and and Google's upcoming, that to me, up the game a bit. Yeah, you know, well, you, I think you it's a your, specialization yeah. thing. I think it's a specialization yeah. thing. So I think once you it, you know it, I, I feel like we're thinking that AI is going to do it all, but. AI is going to work in channels, specialization channels that yeah. that you can run them through, right? I, I want you to, you be the AI here that helps uh, this one guy over here design the best possible 3D printing uh, yeah. uh, program that we yeah. can, right? And then this one over here, you know, helps some kid with his homework. I, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, you know. <laughs> I feel like they're going to be specialized. You know, they're going to be yeah. more like little tiny programs that that help you kind of get where you need to go. Right. So, but I do see the other side where uh, someone could specialize a uh, chat GPT or whatnot to write a virus. And now we have a security concern, right? That's right. So all the protections we've built and done, now we can intelligently find a way around them in a fraction of the time. I mean, there's no telling where it'll go. That's my that's my concern, and uh, uh, but um, you know that's why we're here. We have jobs, and yeah, uh, we, and we right. can use our smarts to help get around that. So yeah. we can use the Chat GPT for good, uh, while the other ones use it for bad, and we can help uh, businesses out. Right there, so. you go. There's a hurrah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony. It was uh, so I'm so glad to have you on here. Um, I feel like we could have, like you mentioned, like ten different episodes of this. Yeah. Um, so uh, I look forward to um, hearing your podcast when it comes out. Uh, um, always welcome back on this podcast uh, anytime you want. Um, uh, nerds, this is uh, Michael Moore, and I've been talking with Anthony Darden, Vice President, Information Technology of Protective uh, Industries, uh, for another uh, um, uh, Dissecting Popular IT, IT Nerds podcast. Anthony, thank you so much for uh, um, taking your time. Thank you as well. 